Welcome to the Nutrition Reviews podcast series. Nutrition Reviews is published by Oxford University Press and is an international peer-reviewed journal that publishes authoritative and critical literature reviews on current and emerging topics in nutritional science, food science, clinical nutrition, and nutrition policy. Each month, we talk with authors who have contributed to Nutrition Reviews to find out who they are, why they wrote the review, and how they think their reviews should be used to advance nutritional sciences. I'm Douglas Terran, the Editor-in-Chief for Nutrition Reviews. I have the pleasure today to be speaking with Jasmine Millman uh, from the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism, Hematology, Rheumatology. This is the second department of, of internal medicine at the Graduate School of Medicine at the University of Rikuyas in Okinawa. Uh, Dr. Millman is the lead author of a review on extra virgin olive oil in the gut-brain axis, influence on gut microbiota, mucosal immunity, cardiometabolic, and cognitive health. Dr. Millman, welcome to the Nutrition Reviews podcast, Conversations with the Authors. Um, I'd like to um, start our conversation by stating that it is relatively common perception that olive oil supports heart health because it is high in monounsaturated fats, and this leads to better cardiovascular health. However, your paper also addresses multiple components of olive oil, including the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects that polyphenols in olive oil have on health. And this review very clearly brought together how olive oil can affect the gut microbiome, including its role in gut immunity, heart health, and brain health, using data from animal and human studies. And two important points that I would like to highlight is how you recognize that extra virgin olive oil is able to act as both a prebiotic, stimulating the growth of beneficial bacteria, and antibacterial, suppressing the growth of pathogenic bacteria. The paper also gave some interesting data on how different cultivars from different countries have different composition of fatty acid and phenolic compounds that probably affect health differently too. Regarding this latter issue, it got me to think about how these compounds, especially the phenols, not only affect our health, but also how it affects the flavor of olive oil and how we get to enjoy different flavors as we eat or consume different types of olive oil. So I thought that was really interesting. It wasn't probably a major part of your paper, but it is something I was thinking about. Wow, I never thought about why olive oil tastes differently, but that was something that definitely came out from your paper. So let's just start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got involved in nutritional sciences and, and the interesting olive oil. Sure. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Professor Douglas Tarrant, for your wonderful introduction. Um, basically, uh, at this point in time, I'm employed as a postdoctoral scholar at the University of the Rukus in Okinawa, Japan, in the second department of internal medicine, which you've just stated. And my research over the last four years has been primarily focusing on the relatively unexplored area regarding the, uh, the effect of healthier edible oils in the diet, um, which are obviously widely consumed by humans, such as extra virgin olive oil and their impact on the gut microbiota and associated influence on the gut immune system, metabolism, and actually more recently the brain um, using mouse models. So from quite a young age, maybe around seven, 
um, I was actually enthralled and captivated by the field of food, nutrition and health. And my father was actually a really great influence in this. Um, he was a very creative and adventurous chef trained in classical French cuisine who ventured into the central desert areas of Australia, um, learning firsthand about traditional Aboriginal cooking and culture, um, and also incorporating this into his signature culinary style. So he had loads of interesting stories to tell, exotic foods for us to try, and lots of really interesting books lying around the house, including ones on nutritional properties of foods and their role in health and disease. So stumbling across these books, I was absolutely hooked. Um, so I ended up following this passion and pursued a career in clinical and community nutrition and dietetics in Australia, um, with most of my work being uh, in Aboriginal health. So following on from this, my curiosities about nutrition and health naturally led me into the field of research um, and combined with my interest in culture and my want to immerse myself in it, I've ended up in a unique place like Okinawa, Japan. Regarding the uh, want to do the uh, research on extra virgin olive oil, I guess that um, looking through the literature and knowing that uh, once I joined this department, my research project was to look at some kind of aspect of the diet and its impact on the gut microbiota. Um, I realized that there was a lot of um, literature out there about the detrimental impact of saturated fats on the gut microbiota. However, there was very little uh, literature about the impact of healthier kinds of fats in the diet on the gut microbiota. And obviously extra virgin olive oil is a very widely known, widely used oil throughout the world, especially in the Mediterranean region associated with um, many wonderful health benefits. So um, yeah, that's how I've ended up uh, doing this kind of research. <laughs> so over these past couple of years when you've been studying olive oil specifically, mm. was yeah. there anything that was most surprising to you that you learned during the reviews of all these articles that you looked at? Yeah, definitely. I think that you stated in the introduction uh, just before that the different cultivars um, obviously have very uh, different levels of the oleic acid, the main monounsaturated fatty acid in the olive oil, um, but also the uh, different amounts of polyphenols as well and polyphenolic content um, in total. So I thought that that was quite interesting um, based on the cultivar. It's interesting. When I first got your paper, mm. you know, I recognized it was coming from Japan and yet it was about yeah. the Mediterranean diet. Yeah. And yeah. I'm wondering, can you give us some insight about how the Japanese and, and people in Okinawa are using olive oil? Is, do you see that in the society? Um, it, it may not have been a question you, you anticipated, but I'm curious about this relationship. Yeah, I think that you've raised a really interesting question. And um, obviously, traditionally, in the traditional Japanese diet and Okinawan diet, um, olive oil is not used. However, uh, it's obviously become quite popular worldwide. And um, Japanese people have um, adopted, obviously, more of a Western style diet and incorporating lots of different foods um, because of uh, us being able to travel to different countries and being exposed to lots of different kinds of cultures and what have you. But um, you can see uh, olive oil in fact, extra virgin olive oil in the supermarkets. Pretty much every supermarket has it here. And um, 
a lot of the, the products, even in the uh, convenience stores now, are kind of marketing the fact that they're using olive oil to cook certain chips and that kind of thing. So there's an awareness of um, the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil. And I guess it's just kind of like a natural progression that um, there's a move away from um, only eating the traditional diet to incorporating other foods from um, different cultures and different countries that are also of um, benefit to, to one's health. But there's um, a huge anti-aging, wanting to improve your health focus in Japan and, and the marketing that's behind that as well. So there's a lot of products that have the olive oil and, um, you know, please eat me kind of thing. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, I would have thought it might have been something like sesame oil. Maybe that's the next oil that you study where all the components in sesame oil that yeah. relate to health. I mean, if the Japanese are living longer, which they are, um, mm -hmm. maybe there's something about sesame oil that also has phenols that are you know, promoting uh, immunity and uh, anti-oxidative and anti-inflammatory. Are there um, any specific phenols besides um, that you think are probably having greater influence or any other pieces within those, the components of olive oil that might become of more interest? Because like I said, everyone seems to be studying the fatty acids, but not many people I don't think are studying the other components. Even though you mentioned, I think it was only like 1% or 2% of olive oil are phenol. Yeah, definitely. So I think as you uh, stated before, you know, there, there are obviously a number of minor components um, in the extra virgin olive oil, minor nutritional components. Um, so these even include things like vitamin E. And I think that obviously these kinds of um, components are, are often left out and don't go well noticed. Um, so I guess that wanting to maybe look at the effect of these particular compounds on the gut microbiota might be really fascinating and interesting as well. And yeah, and not only polyphenols and their content um, as a total, but also specific polyphenols and um, how these specific polyphenols like hydroxytyrosol or tyrosol or what have you might actually impact and influence the growth or the inhibition of the growth of specific gut microbiota and specific species of the gut microbiota. So now that you've done this literature search and you've done research in this area, can you tell us something about the research that you're doing around um, olive oil or other components of health? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess the paper that um, our lab um, wrote prior to this was looking at the impact of extra virgin olive oil and also flaxseed oil on the gut microbiota and mucosal immunity. So um, we were kind of wanting to study those effects, but also um, the beneficial effects that they might have on metabolism um, as well. And uh, basically what we found was that exposure of mice to a diet rich in extra virgin olive oil or flaxseed oil could actually help to increase a number of um, beneficial bacteria and also modulate short chain fatty acids as well. And interestingly, with the mice fed the extra virgin olive oil, we found that they were able to increase the colonic um, mRNA expression of 
uh, FOXP3, which is a transcription factor involved in um, regulatory T cell development, and also interleukin 10 and transforming growth factor beta, um, which are involved in uh, the development of T reg regulatory T cells as well. So really kind of basically we saw that um, perhaps extra virgin olive oil consumption can almost act like a mild immune stimulant. And on top of this, we found that with the mice fed the extra virgin olive oil, um, there was an increase in certain types of bacterial species um, that are intimately associated with the mucosa and are actually known to be able to promote the increase of regulatory T cells as well. So there's perhaps a little bit of evidence there and um, an area worth exploring. In regards to the flaxseed oil, um, we saw that um, actually both the flaxseed oil and the extra virgin olive oil um, were able to increase uh, mRNA expression in the colon of uh, Reg3 gamma, which is an antimicrobial peptide, and also um, interleukin 22, which is involved in um, antimicrobial peptide expression as well. So again, um, there's some links there with the, the gut microbiota and mucosal immunity and specific oils. Yeah. So the studies that you're doing are with animal models. Are there ways to do these similar studies with humans? Yeah, I think that you could definitely um, do them with humans, but obviously um, in doing animal studies, um, we can control for many more factors um, and um, have the diets specifically the way that we would like them. And also we can obviously take gut samples and um, yeah, take, take the samples that we need to when we want to. And um, with humans, that's just really not humane. <laughs> Your background is really interesting given that you came from a culinary family, which I did not know until we spoke. Yeah. So this question about how this research has changed your diet is different because you were raised in a, it seems like a household that had a very diverse diet, probably had some olive oil in it already, but yeah. is your research changing how you consume food or how you consume olive oil? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, especially the research looking at, um, well, basically the evidence that's already there about the effect of extra virgin olive oil on the gut microbiota and mucosal immunity. Um, that made me kind of think that, um, you know, there's, there's health benefits of extra virgin olive oil beyond um, those reaching um, the cardiovascular system and even cognitive health as well. But yeah, that's definitely made me want to consume olive oil much more. Um, I think that prior to getting into this kind of research, I was consuming it regularly, but maybe I consume it um, on a daily basis and perhaps uh, between 40 to 50 grams per day, I have maybe, you know, four to five tablespoons. I, I pretty much put it on every meal now. Um, yeah, and I just love the flavor as well. And especially those kinds of olive oils that have a very fruity, potent, um, taste that almost leaves a bit of an itch in the back of your throat because of those phenolic compounds. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely one of the takeaway messages I got from your paper was four tablespoons per day. I think yeah. you mentioned it twice in your paper. And oh, okay, it, now, sure. it now makes me think about, okay, 
I'm in I'm in the States. You're in Japan right now. Mm. It's dinner time for me. So uh, when I go out tonight for dinner, uh, I'm going to definitely be thinking about is the olive oil on the table for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Maybe a glass of red wine too. Yes, they also have olive <laughs> oil in them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. The other the, the other question I have <laughs> is what what do you plan to do now after your your postdoc? You have some future plans and and your future yeah, definitely. research. Yeah, so uh, to be honest with you, uh, Douglas, I can call you Doug or Douglas. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. Dr. Millman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I have actually just had a baby, uh, my first child, and I've only just started back at work. Uh, that's probably why I appeared to be a bit shaky or something. But um, yeah, I plan to uh, finish off this postdoc here in uh, Japan at the University of Veracruz, which will be ending um, December. And then I plan to go back to Australia with my husband and my son and live there for a while. I'd like to have a little bit of a break. Um, obviously, uh, working a lot at the moment, it's kind of a little bit difficult managing um, family life and work. But yeah, have a bit of a, a break. And then um, I would love to uh, get back into maybe another postdoc and um, keep on pursuing this kind of research, um, looking at how extra virgin olive oil um, might modulate the intestinal immune system and specifically um, the relationship between the consumption of extra virgin olive oil and how um, it might actually have a role in um, potentially increasing regulatory T cells and certain cytokines, et cetera, um, that are involved in that pathway as well. That's really interesting. It sounds like you're really getting more focused on the gut microbiome than let's say cardiovascular disease or cognitive health, even though you have this axis between the gut microbiome and, yeah. and the brain, which I think is fascinating. Um, yeah, definitely. I, well, I really thank you for spending this time with me. I, I find yeah, this really so interesting. Um, yeah. And with that, Dr. Millman, thank you for joining our podcast today. Okay, thank you so much, Professor Douglas Tarrant. <laughs> Next month, I will be speaking with Sarah Costello from Nestle Research in Lausanne, Switzerland, who wrote with her colleagues, Evelyn Geiser and Nora Schneider, a review on nutrients for executive function development and related brain connectivity in school-aged children. As is clearly known, executive function is not only for executives, and the development of executive function starts early in life. Their paper provides a wonderful overview of how several nutrients, including iron, omega-3 fatty acids, zinc, iodine, vitamin B12, and folate, impact the neurophysiological processes associated with executive function development and the functional outcomes of these processes from a variety of clinical trials. I look forward to having you listen to our discussion on what motivated these researchers to review this topic. The Nutrition Reviews podcast was produced and edited by Eric Healy at the Western Region Public Health Training Center Studio at the University of Arizona, Mel and Enid Zuckerman College of Public Health. Original music was created by Eli Ruiz. Funding for the podcast was provided by the International Life Sciences Institute. To get more updated information on nutrition, go to the journal's website, 
at academic.oup.com slash nutrition reviews and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when the next episode is available. I'm Douglas Tarrant. Thank you for spending some time with us.